What's up? What's up, everybody? Happy January 2022. It uh, It's still hard to believe. I don't know about you, but for me, it's hard to believe that it's 2022 and it's January. Hopefully, you are just living your best life and crushing it and putting up barriers in your personal life and your professional life so you can focus on the things that you actually really want to do. How are those New Year's resolutions coming. Did you set New Year's resolutions? I'm always asking people like, what do you want to do this year? If you don't know, it's time to start thinking about them. Today on the show, we have somebody who is doing such great work for leaders all across the state of Oklahoma, Glenn Absher. He is the executive director of Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals. I've known Glenn for years and years and years. We have hung out in person many times at different conferences in Oklahoma, outside of Oklahoma. Honestly, Glenn is one of just the most most amazing human beings that I know, very, very sweet, kind individual that just really, really cares about people and cares about school leaders, doing some really, really great work for OAESP. That's the Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals for current leaders, for aspiring and future leaders. We have a really, really great conversation talking about books, talking about leadership, talking about recruiting future leaders, what leaders need right now. And uh, I hope that you enjoy the episode. Be sure to follow Glenn on social media at G-A-B-S-H-E-R-E. I'm going to link it in the show notes as well. And uh, enjoy the show. Glenn Absher, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you, Adam. I'm so, so glad that you invited me. No, super, super fun. We first met years and years and years ago when I spoke at the OAESP conference in Oklahoma City. Shout out to like good friends of mine, mutual friends, Gracie Branch, obviously Cass Nelson. She's like my sister from like another mother. And uh, you and I have just kept in touch. We hung out last summer in Chicago at the NAESP conference. I'm sure we'll see each other again in Louisville this summer. I'm yeah. sure you'll be there. I've already got my registration in. So we were just messaging um, and I was like, hey man, come on the podcast and talk. And you're in a new position that is relatively new for you. That's doing a lot of great work. So I just wanted to kind of have you on to chat. Everybody make sure you go to Twitter right now. Follow Glenn. It's G Absher, A-B-Absher, A-B-S-H-E-R-E. I'll link it in the show notes as well. But Glenn, for the people out there that don't know who you are, just tell us about yourself. Tell us what you've done and then tell us what you're doing now. Uh, yeah. So I was, um, I, actually, I, I want to just kind of back up and just kind of tell a little bit of a, of a personal story, if, if, if that's all right. Uh, because I did not come through um, college through a traditional route. In fact, um, growing up, um, divorced parents, my dad lived in Kansas, lived with my mom and my uh, stepdad in uh, southwest Oklahoma. Uh, got to see my dad every summer, uh, spent the whole summer with him and every and every, every, every other Christmas. And um, but I really didn't have a direction in my life. And so when I graduated from high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, I thought I was going to I want to do something with computers, but wasn't real sure what, what I wanted to do. 
And uh, my senior year of high school, I was taking a class uh, at the um, at the Vote Tech. They're now called Career Techs, but I was taking a computer class out there. And the local school district, uh, Lawton Public Schools, had uh, called my instructor and said, "Hey, we're summer's approaching, and we're needing somebody to work in in the office just for just for the summer. Do, do you have anybody?" And I was the only guy take, taking this computer class. And, uh, and my instructor said, uh, would you consider a guy for that position? And, uh, and uh, the uh, director said, yes. And so uh, interviewed for that job. And anyway, I ended up working in the superintendent's office with Lawton Public Schools and in the public relations office. And I was actually an office assistant for the public relations director, but it was all in that, in that same office. And so it was through that introduction into public education that I, I finally determined what it is that, that, I, that I wanted to do. So I'd already graduated from high school, had not planned on going to college. In fact, I was told I was too dumb to go to college and that I should consider some, some kind of trade school or, or um, something like that. And, you know, as, as a young kid, I just kind of believed that. And, you know, so I really, I really had no plans to uh, go to college. And at the end of that summer, uh, that job at at the central office had uh, ended and they found me a job uh, at one of the elementary schools there in Lawton uh, to work as a like like a teacher assistant they uh, called it a smile aid back back then it, it was it was an acronym that this did for something and um, I went to work for the third grade teacher Betty Foster who I'm still friends with she she will be 88 years old next ne next month now still I still keep in touch with her wow <laughs> that's that's awesome and uh, but I was her uh, assistant, her uh, para in her classroom, and her and the um, school secretary at that school, Bert Ramey, they both told me, "Go get your button in school. You you need to become a teacher." So I went and enrolled in in college. Uh, I was living on my own at, at 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 eighteen. Got kicked out of the house. It's a whole whole another long story. Um, so I was living on my own. I was working full time uh, and going to school part time. So it took five and a half years for me to finish college. Um, and then um, so when I left, um, when, when I graduated, Oklahoma was not hiring that particular year, uh, particularly for elementary ed majors. And so uh, there was a statewide hiring freeze. And so I had uh, interviewed and uh, applied and interviewed in, in other states. And uh, I was looking at Texas, Missouri and Kansas. I was lucky enough to get a job in uh, Missouri, a little town in southwest Missouri called uh, Neosho, just south of uh, Joplin, and I uh, was hired to teach sixth grade language arts and reading, and uh, it was a great experience there, and I had experiences in, in that little district that I would not have had any, anywhere else, and um, started working my master's, um, the, my second year of teaching. Uh, I was on a committee to form an after-school program, and uh, and then the assistant superintendent called me one day and said, hey, would you like to be a director of that also? So I was teaching, and I was the after-school program director at my school, and I was also the summer school principal for like seven or eight summers there. And so I had all these, all these little, little jobs, but it gave me a lot of great experience that prepared me for the job into administration. So I taught sixth grade language arts and reading for about seven years at a middle school. And then uh, I, I went down to second grade and uh, taught second grade for a year at, at one of the elementary schools. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then I, I met, met my wife in 2003. Uh, she was from Claremore, Oklahoma. We were, 
once we got married, she, she moved to uh, Missouri with me. Uh, had an opportunity for an assistant principal job in Claremore, and so um, so uh, got, I got that job, and then I was there for one year, and then I get a call one day from the superintendent and wanted to see me, and there was an opening at one of the elementary schools, and he said, I think that we would like to consider you for, for this job, and I said, okay, and so he said, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know by tomorrow. We, we, we visited about it for a little bit, and, and uh, so the next day he called me. He says, all right, it's it, it's yours. And this was a high performing school uh, in, in, in Oklahoma uh, back back in that day. If your school scored a 1500 API um, on the uh, uh, state testing and, you know, the um, accountability system, everybody in your building got a $3,000 bonus. What? Yeah. Wow. And that school got that bonus uh, five years. Wow, in in a row, I, I I believe, and so um so I, so I took that job, and I learned very very quickly of what it meant to truly have high expectations, and 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 to set that bar high, and 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 I learned very quickly that uh, when you set that bar high, that kids and staff will always always meet it, and so uh, it was such a great great learning experience. I was there. Um, for a total of nine years, but during that time, uh, we were a great expectation model school for um, for such a long time. Um, uh, it, it was already a model school when I took it over, but I had to learn what it was, what those 17 practices in a classroom look look like. And so, um, so I got to lead that, and and they are the longest running um, great expectation model school in the state and also in the country, even to this day. Shout out to Great Expectations. Many people, I would say, outside of Oklahoma and then a few neighboring states probably don't know what Great Expectations do. I do. I've been to their conference. I'm going to link Great Expectations in the show notes, Glenn, just so people maybe can do some more research and learn more about them. But they're an awesome organization that's been around for a long time, still doing great work with schools. Yes. And um, and so also during that time, while that, at Russo Elementary, we were also named the National Blue, Blue Ribbon School in 2009. And so that, that was a great experience as well. And and um, um, just very, very proud of, of that school. And the school ran so well. It was such a well-oiled machine. Everybody knew what their job was. And um, uh, it was just very, very well ran. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't have to do a whole lot. I mean, it, it, it just ran it. <laughs> it, it, just ran, it just ran itself and so one day you know like i said everything's just running so so well um now and that, that's not to say that we, we didn't face our, our our own issues but i get a call one day from that same superintendent and he said i need you to come see me so i, I go over to see him and he says hey we're having issues at this other school across town i need you to go and i need you to fix it so uh that was in november and by the second week in december i was at that school, <clears throat> I was running both schools. They were on the opposite sides of town. <laughs> and well, you had, got paid double, right? I mean, you got twice the salary. <laughs> I, 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 wish, I, I wish I could I could tell that story, Adam. <laughs> and so what happened was uh, we I did not have an assistant. So we promoted my counsel, my school counselor as an admin intern under me. And she ran the day-to-day -day operations at the at, at, at my old school and uh any major decisions had to run through me first while i was taking care of this other building and so um 
So I went, went over there and I, and I, I already knew a lot of teachers because either they'd worked for me for summer school or they had, uh, I've been on committees with them or I just, I just knew them. And so uh, the first thing I did was I, I spent like two weeks just talking to everyone individually, one-on-one. Hey, tell me about yourself. Tell me what the greatest strengths of this school is and what, what, um, what is the greatest need of this school. And it was such a great experience to just take time to really sit down and do that. And, uh, and I, what my, my goal was to take what their greatest need was to develop what the action plan was going to be in moving forward in trying to get that school back, back, back on track. Because they were an, an A school. They'd also earned the 1500 at, at, at one point. Um, great, great staff, great families, great kids. And um, they, they just needed some direction basically. And, and um, um, the staff was so welcoming and we were able to get so much done. And uh, just a long story short, um, basically we, I had a leadership com committee that, that I developed and I met with them every Wednesday morning for an hour before school. And we just talked about stuff. And I would ask them, what, what are your thoughts if we do this or that, you know? And uh, so I asked them, I said, this school is great. I said, we just need to find something to recognize this entire school because what i found was that everybody was kind of doing their own things in their own pockets but there was no one was doing anything as the entire school and i said we need to develop a goal we're going to work on this goal and we're all going to work towards it so i told them to go back to talk to their teams and come back so surprisingly enough they came back and said they wanted to become a great expectations model school i said great and so um so we so we got we we got to work and we were able to train every teacher in that building in uh, in two years, and uh, and we just started imp implementing all those pra practices. And I hired an assistant principal who was awesome, um, but her and I were going knocking on classroom doors. We were visiting classrooms. We were check, you know, we we were inspecting what we were expecting, and by doing that, we were able to make sure that the teachers and the students were 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 doing what we had been talking about. And we've made model school in just under two years. And I'm, I'm just still so, so proud of that school for what they did and the, and the major change that they were able to make in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Wow. And now we're, so, okay, I got to stop because I love this podcast. I've been podcasting for 10 years, Glenn. And, you know, the guests I have on this podcast, the school district podcast is what I call it. It's a mix of people I know, like you, people I don't know that I, I reach out to. I say, hey, you look cool. Can we talk? Or, you know, you'll recommend, I'll get friends that recommend, hey, you got to interview so-and-so, so-and-so. And I love this podcast for many reasons. But I mean, I think what you just demonstrated is one of the biggest reasons why I love this podcast. Somebody, Glenn, I know you, I've known you for years, you know, we'll see each other intermittently, we'll text, we'll email. And then just to know, I actually think that we're related. I'll get into that in a minute, right? You and I have talked about that many times. Um, but like, just to hear your story and a, a you know, somebody believed in you, a, a, a teacher, somebody in a school believed in you, that you had something thing and they said you need to go do this and you had that push and they pushed you and they supported you in some way and i mean now where you are uh, i'm selfish i love knowing that story about you my friend and then i love everybody that listens to this podcast to just know and remember that the impact you make on 
kids and on people and on certificated and on classified and on volunteers and the bus driver, you know, thank you educators out there listening for all, all the work that you do. Um, before we get into what you're doing now, I think we're related. My mom's maiden name is the same as your last name. It differs by one letter. We have an I Abshire, your Abshire, you know, A-B-S-H-E-R-E. We've talked about the genealogy. I need to do some more research because I think that we're like fifth degree cousins or something, which would be really amazing because it'd be fun to be related to you, Glenn. But, um, and then you got plucked again. You are no longer a principal. You are the director, executive director of OAESP, Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals. So how did that happen? Did you just get another call from the superintendent and they said, hey, Glenn, I need to, I need to talk to you? Or how did that all transpire? Yeah, so um, I was very active with uh, OAESP from day one. From the time I became an administrator in uh, Oklahoma, I became a member. I was very um, interested in, in becoming a board member, and uh, it took several years be before I finally, there was finally a position open in my area, and so I was a Southwest uh, Regional, or I'm sorry, not Southwest, Northeast Oklahoma uh, rep. I was a Southwest rep in, in uh, Missouri. But I, but I became the Northeast uh, rep for uh, the OAESP executive uh, committee. And so I served on that role for like three to four years. And then uh, our good friend, Kath Nelson was the, um, she was the Oklahoma state rep for NAESP that serves as, a, as an officer on this board. Well, when she was elected to the zone eight position on the NAESP, national board uh, that vacated the position that she was serving. And so I was chosen to uh, to uh, serve in, in that role by um, Dr. Gracie Branch, who was the executive director here at that time. And uh, and then the, the, the executive committee uh, approved that appointment. And so I was serving in that role and uh, we were at a, um, at our, uh, we we have four meetings a, a year with the with the uh, board, and so uh, we were at our September meeting, and Gracie announced at that meeting that she has been selected to go to the National Association to be an associate director there, and and um, great, great, Gracie just being so great and and uh, being such a good a good friend of mine, and uh, and and also a great mentor. Um, but I had people immediately started reaching out to me saying, hey, you know what, I think you should consider this. And so when the job came open, I went ahead and just threw my name in just to see what would, what would happen. And it was a very extensive um, interview process. Um, and so I um, went through uh, uh, two rounds of, of uh, interviews and, um, and I, I was just fortunate enough to, to be in the right place at the, at the right time. And um, just to be selected for this. And I just have to pinch myself on a daily basis because I, I get to do this work where I get to train and support principals across the state of, of Oklahoma. Uh, it is such a great, great job. Uh, being a principal is the best job I have ever had. And it still is the best job I've ever had, but it's also the hardest job that, that, I've, that I've ever had. And so uh, I just know what uh, principals are going through and, and uh, um, I, I can't say that I've experienced every situation that, that, that is out there, but I have experienced a lot of them. And so, um, uh, but you know, this, this is a new time. And um, as principals are dealing with um, unrest, 
uh, everything from COVID to vaccines to, um, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a, a very difficult time. And so I, I'm just so proud of, of the work that, that our principals are, are doing in this, in this state and not, and not only in this state, but across, across the uh, country, because it, it, it is a hard job. Yeah, it is a hard job. I have been out of the principalship for about four, five years now. I've done a couple of substitute principal jobs. It's some long-term, some more short-term ones. And uh, yeah, things are, are dynamic right now. You know, there's just, there's changing, landscapes are changing. And I mean, with all of that being said, and with the work that you're doing with principals, Glenn, what do you think leaders need right now? From an organization like OAESP, every state has their state organization. And then obviously the umbrella, shout out to NAESP, where I am a fellow in the Innovation Center, love NAESP. What do you think leaders need right now? I think more than anything, they just need su support. I think that they need to know that people are uh, behind them, that they are su supporting them. Um, um, you know, what, one of the things that we... Uh, try to focus on is is the 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 opportunity for net for networking the opportunity for uh, just just get get together with, with other principals and you know what sometimes you can get with principals outside of your own district and uh, just just to know that you know what I'm not I'm not in this alone because um, pe people across the state are you know on the other side of the state are still dealing with the same thing that 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 I'm dealing with whether it's an upset parent or uh, um, you know unruly the discipline that you're trying to figure out what 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 the magic pill is um you know so I, I think i think they just need support and i think that they 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 need um um to know that they are supported whether it's by their by, by their district by the community but also by uh their association and um the and the the, the people in this in, in the state yeah no 100 percent. i mean what would you say to people that maybe aren't a member of the association because membership is not automatic. You have to, you know, join and pay dues and everything else, which um, some people may say, why am I doing this? Uh, what would be your, I mean, basically your sales pitch to be like, hey, join OAESP. And if you don't live in Oklahoma, join your, your state or, you know, local, every state's a little bit different. What would be your pitch? I mean, what's the, like you said, the connection, I know y'all have a bunch of professional development. I think you told me you y'all just developed a new, new leader cohort. I forget exactly what it was, but what, what would people benefit from, from joining their state organization? Yeah, so uh, I, I have always found it to be important to belong to an association. And I, even as a teacher, I, I belong to to a couple of different associations, and so it, it's a great opportunity to get to meet and uh, become friends with and and network with, with other people out, outside of your district or even out outside of your your close region in, in which you work and, and live. And so, um, uh, as a as a teacher and also as an administrator, the the greatest value that I have always found is knowing that I had access to an attorney if i if i if i needed some uh, le some legal advice outside of what what the district provided also want to know that that i had liability insurance in case something ever forbid you know what would, would, would ever would ever happen um so just the, the having the, those networking opportunities um here at at oaesp uh becoming a member also gives you uh di discounts to to some of our training co conferences we try to bring in high quality um guests 
to all of our conferences. And so, uh, you know, you've, you've been a speaker and um, get, give a shout out to Dr. Annie Jacks. He's going to be our keynote in uh, on February 10th. And so uh, looking forward to uh, hearing him. I'm reading his book right now and it's really, really good. Uh, it's called uh, Dis Discipline Win. And, uh, and Adam, I, I think I saw on Twitter or Facebook that you, you were also read, reading that book. And so, um, but it's been, it's been very, um, it's been very, very good. And so um, as kids are coming back to school full, full time after schools have been closed and, and schools are dealing with uh, behaviors that they had never seen before. And this is so timely in the fact that we've got Andy coming in to, to talk about how to win with discipline in their, in their schools. So. Yeah, no, you are. I was looking around because I know the book is like literally within arm's reach of my of my desk where I work in my house during the day. It's under some boxes, but uh, shout out to Andy. He is the senior fellow for NAESP. Um, and speaking of NASP, if you have not signed up for the national conference, it's in Louisville, uh, 2022, July, I think 15th to the 17th, if I am, if I'm correct, it's a, it's a holdover from two years ago with COVID Louisville is a great, great town, lots of fun. There's the Louisville slugger museum. I think there's a maker's mark tour. If you drink whiskey or whatever that schnapps, I don't know, whatever maker's mark is, um, but you know, make sure you sign up. Um, it's really, really awesome. Uh, you're talking about books. I, I love books. I read a lot of books. You can't see Glenn right now, but he has the most impressive bookshelf behind him. Like he could probably live in the bookshelf. It's massive. Do you have a book other than Andy's book, Discipline Win, that maybe you've read over the years? Um, and maybe it's not even like an education leadership book, maybe business or military or something that maybe really helped kind of change or wrap around your brain on how to lead your school and now leading a state organization. Is, is there that book, Glenn, that you like to recommend? Well, I, I, I am a reader as well. Uh, and so um, uh, just as I was thinking about di di different books, I just want to mention two books that I used uh, as, a, as a principal and I used it with my, with my staff and it was required reading of any new teacher that, that, I, that I hired. And so one of the books is A Framework for Understanding Poverty by uh, Dr. Ruby Payne. That was a required reading because I wanted my teachers to understand where some of these kids were uh, coming from. The other book that uh, was required reading was Positive Discipline in the Classroom. And I think that's by Jane Nelson, if I remember right. And so uh, because we were looking at how to develop a positive reinforcement within the school rather than a negative reinforcement. Reinforcement, and so that 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 was a a, a required reading. Um, a book that I'm listening to right now. I I, I attended a business leadership uh, seminar about two two weeks ago, and this book was mentioned multiple times at this conference. And so I, I've downloaded the audio book, and I'm I'm listening to it when I'm in the in in the car driving or um, when I'm out walking. And it's called Extreme Ownership. Have you read that one? Oh, I've read that book three times. That is the most gifted book that I've bought for other friends of mine. It's awesome. Yeah, I am really enjoying it. I'm I'm about chapter three or four right now, but um, but man, it, it is it is jam packed. Um, another book that I just recently read that I absolutely love 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 is the Coaching Habit: <laughs> Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever. And uh, this book, uh, I, I just like the way that Michael Bungay, I'm not sure how you say his last name, Stanier St 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 maybe, 
uh, I, I like the way he he writes, but the, there are seven essential questions on how to coach somebody so that they come to their own self-discovery. And uh, we use this book along with several others to develop the brand new um, principal mentoring and coaching pro program that, that, we, that we just kicked off. Uh, and then one last book that's not education related, that I read many years ago when I was still in the classroom and I read it to my sixth graders every year was The Ultimate Gift. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's a story about a very extremely wealthy um, tycoon who passes away and he leaves the ultimate gift to his grandson. And, uh, and so in order to receive that ultimate gift, he has to learn the 12 gifts that he wants him to be su successful in life, like the gift of friendship, the gift of hard work, the gift of money, the gift of giving. Um, um, anyway, there, there, there are 12 different gifts and it was such a great book. And, and I use it with my sixth graders because I used that book because I wanted them to leave my classroom going into seventh grade as a better human being. And, uh, and, I, and I have gifted that book to um, high school seniors as their gra graduation gift. So. Yeah, I love that. You know, since you mentioned extreme ownership, I'm going to mention another military leadership book I just finished a couple of months ago. It's called Team of Teams, and it's by General Stanley McChrystal. People may remember his name during the Iraq-Afghanistan war. And uh, I've read a lot of military leadership books over the years. I just love like the simplicity and how just how that leadership kind of, you know, that mindset and uh, that book really, really changed Um my thinking about leadership, I actually gifted it to somebody yesterday. Uh, I sent I sent someone a copy that, that's a, a leader in, in Illinois. So that is my shout out. Now, you are in charge of OASP, which supports all elementary leaders, assistant principals, and you have this new training program, which I know you and I talked about in Chicago, and I think you and I were emailing and messaging about that. And then I think about future leaders. So, you know, people that have watched the news over the last couple of years, Oklahoma has had its ups and downs with education and striking and asking for raises. I think y'all did get a raise nominal, but still, you know, it's, you know, it's not like where it should be on a national scale. How, how do we, Glenn, how do you with OASP, how do you recruit future leaders. I can remember when I was 25, I knew that I wanted to be a principal and I went back to school and I got my admin credential. I didn't get my first admin job until I was 30. I knew I needed some more experience. And, you know, I talk to teachers now and I'll say, you should get your admin or you should think about leadership. And what does that messaging look like right now with all the struggles that we have? There are still so many amazing things happening, happening in classrooms and schools. We know that, but the landscape has changed. How do we recruit people to get in education, but even that next level to become school leaders? That's such a great question, Adam. And, um, you know, one, one of the things that in, in Oklahoma, what I'm, I'm starting to see more and more of is districts are identifying those, those strong leaders in their district. And so they're doing what's called grow your own. And so, uh, so some of these um, larger districts, mid-sized districts, have uh, they have developed their, their own program in order to take these these uh, teacher leaders and 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 um, have a program within their district in which that they are training them in order to be prepared to uh, take over a, a building, and so uh, so we so we are seeing a, a lot of that. Uh, my counterpart 
on the secondary side, Will Parker, uh, he, he runs the OASSP, the, the Secondary Principals Association. So him and I get um, invited quite often to um, master's level pro pro programs. And uh, so uh, we're, we're going to speak to, to a group here in a, I think it's in, in, in February. Um, but we, we, we've been invited many, many times to, to go visit um, these master level pro programs and to, to talk about the profession, talk about the uh, job, uh, but also at the same time promote why it's important to, to become a member of, of an association as well. And so, and you know, the, the, the bottom line is that we, we, we know this job's hard. And so we want people to know that there are people here that has, that has their back. And so we, we are trying, uh, we, we are the largest um, state association for school administrators. And we, we, we are the premier association and so when we um advocate at, at, at the state capitol and and even when we're at the national leaders conference and advocating at the national level um you know we 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 have a lot a lot of numbers behind us you know because we, we can say you know we're three thousand strong or or 2800 strong or you know and so we try to we we try to send that send that message out you know i i think that one of the things that I, I am a public school advocate, not that there's anything wrong with uh, homeschooling or private schools or, or anything like that, but we are a, a, a public school advocate and we're, and we're going to continue to advocate for that. Um, and so um, uh, I think encouraging people to just, if, if it's something that you're interested in doing, um, just know that the, the tools are there to uh, develop we have a new principals academy that we we run about 60 people through that every year uh and we meet five different times and we and we're trying to give them as many skills as, as we can to um to, to tackle this very tough tough job yeah no i'm i love that perspective on recruiting you know from from california where i live um i i feel that joy hoffmeister your current secretary of ed has been pro education pro teacher i actually got to meet her uh we have a picture together when i was in oklahoma and i know she i think she's running for governor next yeah. time uh, april grace who is a superintendent in oklahoma actually has been on the podcast episode 79 i think she's running she told me she's declared her candidacy for for secretary of education or department of ed or you know the um what that is in oklahoma so uh you know what leadership is fun like you said glenn it's hard but when you have that support and you have that professional learning network and you know these people in your district in your state and then throughout the throughout the country, really, you, you have that support system and you can actually do more, do more with the job. Uh, Glenn, part of this podcast is just amplifying the voices of my guests. I'm just going to pass the microphone over to you. What would you like to say to all the school leaders that listen to this podcast? I think I just want to say that um, we are in a, in a position, uh, regardless of uh, what your, what your role is. You know, you might be a teacher, you might be an administrator, assistant principal, you may be a district level administrator, you may just be a, a parent. And not that the word justice is ju just being a parent because that's, that's our hardest job ever. Um, but we have the power with our words to, in, to encourage and to, and to build uh, people up. You know, I, I started this podcast with telling my, my own personal story about, uh, you know, uh, I didn't have uh, people that believed in me. And, uh, and so I, I, I had to work extra hard to 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 make sure that um, I was successful, regardless of what other other people thought. 
also, uh, what I didn't mention too is that by the time I was 12 years old, I became a a severe stutterer, and so um, and you know people who knew me back then in in uh, late elementary school and junior high, where I could hardly ever speak, uh, would be surprised to know that I I now speak publicly for a living. And so while I still do stutter these days, but the the, the message I want to say is that we have the power to really lift these kids up and let them know that they can do anything that they want to do in their life if they just set their, their mind to it and if they will just work work hard at it. Yeah, 100%. I think we're related because Glenn, a lot of people don't know, actually nobody knows. I used to stutter in high school as well. And now what is my job? I'm a public speaker, you know? So when you believe and you have that that support system and that ecosystem around you, I really do believe we can do anything. People listening, if you can't tell, I'm just going to say it. It might, might embarrass Glenn. Glenn is one of the nicest, most genuine human beings that I know in the world, like hands down. I have had the pleasure to hang out with Glenn numerous times in numerous different states. You know, if you're in Oklahoma listening to this and you're not a member of OASP, join, send Glenn an email. I mean, he'll hop on a phone call or a Zoom and tell you why. He'll probably actually drive out to Oklahoma, wherever y'all are at in Oklahoma, and come visit you and tell you to join up and connect you with people. I mean, the people that were listening, Gracie Branch, Cass Nelson, Andy Jacks, you know, you got to build your connections. Side note, if you run marathons, I've run the Oklahoma City Marathon. You got to do the marathon. It's great. All the money that they raise goes to the federal building uh, memorial downtown, supports supports the building. It supports all those families from that horrific incident back in the late 90s, 96, I believe. I think it was 1996. So um, Glenn, my friend, thanks for coming on. Thanks for all you do. I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship. Thanks for all the support you give all those leaders, not just in Oklahoma, because you're impacting leaders all over the country with your position now. And uh, we're going to hang out in Louisville next summer. If you're not signed up, naesp.org. The registration just opened last week, I believe. So it's going to sell out because there are there is pent up. People want to go to Louisville. They yeah. want to go to a national conference. So sign up. Glenn, thank you. Everybody listening, thanks for all you do. And I truly hope that you have an absolutely amazing day. Thanks, Adam. Thank you.